When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, I'm Shelby Scott, the host of Scare You to Sleep a podcast where I tell you scary stories full of creepy sound effects and music that is soothing yet unsettling to help immerse you into a world of horror. This is a show for those of us who have realized horror can be a strange but relaxing escape from reality. Speaking of escapes, sometimes I lead you through guided nightmares, like a guided meditation, but instead of flowery meadows, I take you on a journey through your own personal nightmare. So come get lost in the terror with me. Now a proud part of the Bloody Disgusting Network, you can find Scary to Sleep wherever you get your podcasts. Sweet screams. What are doing? Foist. Waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> Well then, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're listening to the podcast. I'm pretty sure this is going to be an interesting episode. Uh, it's not just talking about Fulham. We're not just talking about Garnacho. It's a bit of a, it's a weird season. It's going to be a, a bit of a half-season review, really. Um, up to this point, I think we played pretty decent. I think there's been a lot of progress. Uh, and it culminated in that last-minute winner. Last-minute winners, man. I can love last-minute winners. Give me, I, was saying that on, I was saying in my match reaction, like, give me those all day. Over like mm. a more comfortable win, but it's me and Bow tonight. Everyone else is part timers, scumbags. Um, speaking of scum, no, I'm not going to call him a scumbag. Uh, we're going to run through the Ronaldo. He's situation. a fucking scumbag. We're going to we're, we're going to be running through this the whole Ronaldo situation, which is um, going to be drip fed out to us this week by none only uh, than Piers Morgan. Uh, day on, on so day by day, every single there's going to be he- new headlines. But fuck that, I'm not. We're not going to lead with that. We're going to lead with lead with Fulham. And just go straight into Garnacho, man. I, I know it's not a good idea to overhype teenagers, right? But he's probably the best player in the world already, isn't he? Like, it's to, to, for him to, if you look at the progression of how his breakthrough's gone, right? 
started started against Sheriff Old Trafford, putting a man in the match performance. We didn't. We was that a game where we won one nil with McTominay towards the end? I can't remember. No, that was three. Was it three nil? I can't actually fucking remember. No, that was like. Omnia Sheriff. We beat uh, one nil. I think. Uh, sorry, it didn't really matter what the result was. He he played decent. Good seventy minutes. I think he got. Then he started away at Sociedad. Scored that cracker of a goal. Um, and then he got his start against Villa. Well, United fell apart against Villa. It wasn't the best game. But to do that against Fulham in a second half where, you know, we were up against it. Fulham were playing good football. Paulina in particular in the middle was dominating. We struggled after Ilanga went off. Bit of a weird sub by Ten Hag and it didn't particularly work. But Garnacho came on. And in the 93rd minute, man, the, the, the goon in the away end must have been absolutely scorching. And mm. it was just, it was the manner of the finish. It was like he, he rolled it into the corner. It was a swagger in the celebration. It was, it, it was something that it's a level up. I mean, it, look, if the last six weeks, the growth is what I mean, like the progression. But that is just, that's a star, isn't it? That's a, that's a, a star's goal, isn't it? What Peter you Drury, what, what have you done with Sam? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it was the, the perfect ending um, to what is now obviously a, a month of no club football and, it was a win we we desperately needed with kind of teams around us dropping points, um, which, which Chelsea dropped points. Um, City dropped points as well. Lost uh, to Brentford. Lost yeah, City, well, City dropped. We yeah, obviously closing the gap on City, um, and just keeping up, keeping ourselves just as close as you can to Arsenal. I mean, to say that if they do drop off, and I am expecting that drop off from them, that you can pull them back into a, a top four race. You don't essentially want, if you're going for two places out of, well, there's four or four teams going for two places. You'd rather have four of you going for three places and then you've got a much better chance. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the game was overall, it was just typical United for me in the sense that by halftime, we should have been three up that game and you're coasting through it. And players not then having to worry about playing full part for the full 19 because start thinking about the World Cup. The game should have been done. And that just comes back to, Clinical finishing. It's hurt us all season, man. Hurt us season. And I mean, Ericsson missed that one. I think Rashford missed one first half. Martial missed one first half. And then we had one uh, early second half as well. McTominay um, had the header as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, Fulham didn't have Mitrovic. But then they're going to have chances. It's We're, we're not going to suddenly go into this... Um, Solid at the back and not giving not giving the opposition any chances whatsoever. Um, but a couple of years ago, or even last season, that's not a game we would have won given the context of the game. Yeah, yeah. Going one 0 up, conceding, and then getting the late goal. So, yeah, it's just a case of at this point of time because you could even see with the with some of the other managers in the league. I think like Brendan Rodgers, fair play to him. He took James Madison off to protect him for the World Cup. So they probably recognise, like, boss, like, this is my first ever World Cup. And I feel sorry for club managers in the sense that, like, does Brendan Rodgers really give a shit about what happens to England? No, he doesn't. But he's got a player whose best interests he wants to look after. And he probably, from the club's point of view, James Madison going to the World Cup and putting himself in a shot window where they yeah. get an extra couple of 20, 30 million. But... Um, but yeah, so from that point, no injuries, and um, what was it, Anthony Ronaldo, in terms of their availability, and I think Anthony won 
I think he's actually played up a bit. I think if I, if I'm if, if this is my, my Neil's conspiracy theory of the week. Um, it's, a, it, it's like it's like me and PE lessons in secondary school when I was a fat kid. I was like, I oh, mm, I tell you what, I'm not mm. sure if I can do it. Mm. I slept a bit heavy last night. Oh, <laughs> I was fucking fine. I was like, like I kind of understand it with Anthony, but look, we we effectively scraped through it in that second half. You know, mm. we did have, we did have the majority of the chances. I think the thing that Ten Hag got wrong in that game, like obviously that substitute, um, Ilanga for McTominay is going to be sort of pointing the finger at him mm. going, oh, he's trying to shut up shop. Ten Hag made a little bit of a mistake in, in over-trusting his squad, right? Because we've done that before. We've done it Leicester away this season, Southampton away this season. We've seen out the 1-0s, which we kind of haven't done really, but we've done it a mm. few times under Ten Hag. He was expecting the same thing to happen there. But we had Malasia at right back who was getting like pummeled. And we had Lindelof in at centre back. And both of those mm. were all over the shop, really. Yeah. So one nil was re- he he trusted those that defence to deliver the same one nil that a back four mm. of Delova and Martinez and Shaw have delivered. And and I don't mm. think they were capable of it. Yeah, but it was, if you look at the goal, it was a case of both fullbacks had bombed forward and there was a turnover. That's because of how it man. Turnover of possession quite quickly and then you, you're up against it and they're putting a good cross and Dan James has obviously got the finish. It had to be Dan James. Um, <laughs> to be Dan James. It, is, it is what it is. I'm so glad that um, goal means nothing. I'm so glad that goal means nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you, you're going you're gonna to get games like that. You'd rather have games like that where you're playing in the oppositions that uh, are... And I mean, if you look at every goal against City, majority of the time, it's when there's a quick turn of opposition, it's a counter. I'd rather have concede goals like that, then teams absolutely just pummeling us and being putting us under pressure for 90 minutes. Well, so sort all this like actual analysis. Can we just, can we just, can we just sing about Garnacho? Like what? Like he, he's, I mean, it, oh. it, it feels a bit, it feels a bit poetic, doesn't it? Like on, on the mm. same day that Ronaldo's decided to pull the gun out and shoot everyone at Manchester mm. United is, is the same night that like, a, 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 this 18 year old just like properly announces himself. Mm. It's brilliant. United, United's um, Twitter um, at 10 p.m. put their. I was the, sitting there applauding that. I was like, that is. At the same time, Piers Morgan dropped his thing. I was like, finally, the admin's done something absolutely bang on there. Bang on. Mm-hmm. And it's. Um, it got, like, I, I don't. It's, it's a real selfish shame, really, that that spotlight's been taken away from him because he deserved all the spotlight for all this week, really, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of that breakthrough. Uh, Garnacho, I'm sure, will. Be reveling in it. I don't. Th- I'm happy he's not gone to the World Cup. I don't. I think that would have been a step way too, way too early for him. It would have mm. been like, um, you know, when Walcott went with England. Yeah, and it's one thing also. God being around the likes of Messi, Dybala, Di Maria, etc. Well, Latour Martinez. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. So being the likes of all these players, who are suddenly going to give him the pump. Um. Oh yeah, I think it's good. Stay, stay behind. I mean, I, I was reading last week that. He's still not actually um, fully in the first team dressing room. Oh, what? He doesn't have a locker yet. Yeah, he doesn't have a locker yet. So you know, it's mate, you got to earn your earn your stripes in here, and it's all it's all positive the way I think Ten Hag's handled him. I mean, the fact that this attitude thing came out was only because Bruno dropped a clanger in the, that interview. Otherwise, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. As a, I don't see that as a clanger though. It was just it was kind of. It was mm. it's, it's what it was. It's like Ten Hag had obviously spoken about it, and he said, well, is "Yeah, that but it's, it's one of them is dealt in house." He'd been there suddenly. He, he looks like this this bad boy. 
where necessarily could be just like, okay, he was late for a meeting or whatever. It happens. Yeah. I, I, I think I think you're right in the idea that uh, the wider media might try and skew that as, oh, look, we've got a Ravel Morrison V2. Look at his attitude mm. problems. But in reality, he might have just fucking woken up late and gone to a, the meeting a, the meeting late. And he's like, well, you're out of the team then. And mm. that Ten Hag, and it, this is something I said in the video today because I, I wanted to sort of divert away from the Ronaldo story and say, look, let's not take away from what we've seen so far in this like first half of the season under Ten Hag. Mm. A lot of progress. And he's dealt with everybody like Ronaldo can talk about this disrespect but everybody's been treated the same like from from, mm. uh, from McTominay to Maguire to Ronaldo to Garnacho it's been like a sweeping rule doesn't matter who mm. you are how old you are I'm not going to treat you differently like same rules apply and everybody mm. well not everybody apart from Ronaldo, everyone apart from Ronaldo sort of bought into that and that's mm. that's that's what allows you to create night scoring 93rd minute goals you your team needs to be in the right mental state for that to happen they don't because team yeah, yeah. against a team that's sitting there, they know they're defending deep. To have to get those goals, you have to. That's what something that Solskjaer had. Hmm. We were very, very good uh, getting late goals there. But it's um, I thought it was bad timing for the uh, World Cup to come in terms of that win and the momentum now. But given what's happened with Ronaldo, I think this now this break serves Manchester United quite well because this is going to take a little bit of time. To resolve, mm. there's there, there's legal involvement now. Manchester United are seeking advice from lawyers on on how to respond uh, because it, it it took everyone by surprise. Like Ten Hag found about it, found out about it on the plane back from Fulham, mm. and it's um. I mean, what's what's your sort of immediate reaction to everything that's unfolded? And like from like you like. I've, like, explain your mindset last night. You're like, you're buzzing about the guy, and actually, all of a sudden, Piers Morgan's fucking tweeting saying there's an explosive interview coming out with Ronaldo. I was, I was actually, I was, I was saying to on a couple of chats, I think the timing of it is is perfect from, from United's perspective in the sense that Ten Hag, for the next m- over a month, doesn't have to answer any questions about this. Doesn't have to answer any question whatsoever, no public interaction with the press, even when they go on their friendlies in Spain. May or may have to do a bit of press duties. Who knows? But you could keep that in house. The, the unofficial friendlies, um, just to kind of keep the squad going. Um, by which time the majority of this would have would have died down. Plus, then you've got the the World Cup in the background going on, and that's going to take a, the majority of a lot of everyone's attention. Um, I mean, I think Gareth Southgate one will be giving Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, a thank you text message because suddenly this is what this is the, the time that normally the the English press kill the English team football team before the tournament's even started. True enough, no, one, no one's talking about them, so let them <clears throat> get what get um get tra- their training done and preparations done under the radar before they get out there. But um, in regards to yeah United, I, obviously the, the, there'll be the legal ramif- ramifications. Um, I don't see how he comes back from this at all. Um, no, it's impossible. That, that, it's impossible. That, that's, yeah. that, that, that's, that's, not, that's not a possibility. Yeah, I mean, he could... There was a route back for him, in, term, in my opinion, if he... If all the people he's spoken about, i.e. the board or the previous um, um, regime, Woodward, etc., even Ali or Ralph ran to an extent, fine. But when you're taking on the manager, the current manager... 
who the manager who before you'd even met your on the eve of the football season starting your your team is is the one who's leaked that you want to leave then you don't turn up for the whole of the preseason then you refuse to come on in games and then leave games early or whilst he's publicly backed you this is just another slap across the face for that manager who who to, to like to this point has managed this whole situation perfectly and the only reason he's been playing the last three or four games is because of whatever's happened with Sancho, whether he's injured or whether it's discipline, etc. Anthony being injured, Martial yeah. coming back to form. It was out of necessity that he played Ronaldo, not out of choice, in my opinion. Yeah, mate, it's, um, it's not, going back to the original point right at the start, though, about the timing. The timing is good for me. I, I agree. I think the timing actually works in United's favour now. We've got mm -hmm. a month to sort of... I mean, I'm not... I don't remember anything as explosive as this on, on the scale of this, given who Ronaldo is. I don't remember mm -hmm. any football, no, no, no. let alone a Manchester. Well, he's the biggest honest. footballer of, a, of, of all time in terms of, if you used to talk about a name, a, a brand, he's the yeah. biggest brand there is. It's, 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 it's the equivalent of, of Messi calling, I don't know, Coleman a prick and, and, all, and talking about all the stuff that's gone on behind the scenes that was happening at Barca whilst he was at Barca. But that, it just... I haven't seen anything like this and the time will help United. But going back to that concept of timing, I think it's there's a few things that have pissed me off about it the most. And I think timing is, is one of them, because if you look at what happened in the four games in the build up to this week, uh, obviously, Ronaldo didn't play against Fulham in the League Cup or wasn't in the squad and didn't play against Fulham. Four games prior to that, Ronaldo started all of them and Ronaldo completed 90 minutes in all of them. And Ronaldo was even the, even the captain. Imagine that. Ronaldo was a captain away at Villa. A last away game, he was the captain, and then this interview has come out. Like I said it as a, like he Ten Hag gave him an olive branch, more than gave him an olive branch in terms of repairing that relationship. And he's just he's put it on the bonfire. And he and he's just he's not given a toss. And the only in my opinion, the only reason this interview has happened is because he wants to be sacked. Mm. It's, this is this is an active attempt by Ronaldo hmm. to get himself sacked because yeah. he, he tried to engineer a move away in the summer. Uh, and obviously, look, there's going to be people, I've, I've, I've had a lot of people still in my comments saying, Sam, it, uh, the club like mistreated him with what was going on with his children. And that is a, that is a story that is still currently developing because we still don't know. It was mentioned yesterday by Piers Morgan that uh, his three-month-old daughter was hospitalised. And that was the reason he missed preseason. Um that's all we know at this point. And I'm I said it in my in my initial reaction to it. I said that this is what you fucking get from for doing the interview with Piers Morgan, man. Because for me, if 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 the concept of repairing a relationship or something with fans, with Manchester United, mm. that's what you would you would go some way to sort of help fans empathize with you and understand the full situation of what went on. And then you could sort of with all those facts you could be like okay well i can make a decision now but instead it's no man united have betrayed me ten hogs betrayed me because he's given it to Te he's given it to piers morgan and piers morgan is drip feeding this interview out mm -hmm. in the most explosive way possible i mean P piers morgan in the the whole summer oh i've had conversations with cristiano and cristiano ronaldo will not be starting the season at manchester united i can categorically tell you this blah 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 just to kind of make out he had got the scoop of, of, of the whole story. But the fact of the matter is, Cristiano Ronaldo wanted to leave Manchester United in the summer. 
Mm. Cristiano Ronaldo couldn't find a club who was prepared to pay him what he wanted to join. Neither was there a suitable package for him to leave United. I'm, I'm assuming that's what was the case. Yeah. Now, I, I, I was um, having a chat with like um, non-United fans where like, they said, oh, well, we f- feel sorry for in terms of how United have treated him. I was like, hey, they're like, he was signed and he's, and I, and I'll say I protected him last season because I thought he was the only one essentially who, who performed consistently. Yeah, he absolutely was. A lot, a, lot, a lot of the team down tools weren't in the right frame of mind or whatever excuse you want to call it. Um, when we had the debacle of Ollie and then Ralph going on, he delivered probably the, his goals was probably the reason why we ultimately qualified for the Europa League. Yeah. But, it's from that point onwards where you could leave in May and go for your summer holidays. At that point, he could have said, I would like to leave this summer. Yeah, man. But He waited. But when he signed, he signed a two-year contract because at age 36, he didn't want a one-year deal. He wanted, obviously, the protection of two years' worth of income. Yeah. So when you get a two-year contract, honour your contract. This is the thing. Very Players are very, very... And this is not just to pop up Ronaldo, but players in general where... Very quick to sign on the dotted line when when the salary wants when you want the salary to come in, but when shit hits a fan, where well, I, I want to leave, I want to leave. Well, you've signed a contract, mate. Somebody's going to come and buy you out your contract by all means. Now, he's a very very probably the biggest commercial asset United have currently at the moment, given the amount of fanboys you have around him. Yeah. Um. So there's a level of commercial income for United still to make off him, and United suddenly just going to. Given the fact that cash is king at United, rather than football, um, that that's going to dictate the decisions. I mean, ultimately, in hindsight, yeah, it it was the wrong decision to bring him back. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think that's hindsight. I think there was a lot of United fans mm-hmm. who would argue and argued before he even joined the club that this probably isn't this isn't part of any long term plan. Like the mm-hmm. Solskjaer was not there going right. I'm going to have Ronaldo next season. It was a it was an opportunistic. Mm. Attempt to stop Ronaldo going City, and that's, that's that's the reason why he joined. But 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 this is where I think I wish, and it kind of ultimately probably led to his his dismissal. The fact that Oli didn't have a say in that matter. I don't think. I think he pretty much got told. Oh, absolutely. Cristiano Ronaldo. Compare that to Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea, where he point blank refused that I don't want him a part of this plan. Yeah. Now. I think there's a big possibility that he potentially may even end up there in January. Um, I mean, do, you reckon, or, do you think that surely, like, if, like, come on, I don't know, I'm Todd Bowley, um, is this Dan Kroenke, is the Arsenal owner? They're all looking at it and going, on paper, right, cool, right. Arsenal were chasing their first Premier League title since, what, 2003. Why, why don't we bring Ronaldo in? It's like, but Arteta spent so long getting Aubameyang out. The idea of getting Ronaldo in is just... I'd be absolutely flabbergasted if... Arsenal doing it would be pretty much carbon copy of what United did. Oh, well, he's done, but but that surely, so well, sure, surely, surely Chelsea come in that same category because of everything that that he's done, the way he's undermined a manager, the way he's gone so public about it. Why would a club was, want to bring that into a dressing room? There was no logic behind any decision made at Chelsea. Uh, that's true enough. <laughs> there, there never has been the. I mean, I think I would say they're in a much bigger mess than we are. There's there's so many out of sorts players in that team. And if you look at, well, how much they spent on p- pretty much every single position. I mean, Koulibaly looks 
atrocious. It looks slow. Hmm. I mean, turns like a JCB. Um, but I'm, I can see, I can see it happening because it's it's a perfect type of Chelsea signing. I mean, I know for a fact, had he gone to City last that summer, he would have delivered because they're the a ready-made team. All they all they need him to do, like all they need Haaland to do, is score hundred percent. He would have scored. Score that, I, I saw it. I, like Jay from uh, Stretford Paddock was tweeting it. He goes, "Look, I know that this situation right now that's unfolding with Ronaldo is, is shit for the club. It's not good for the fans because I tell you what, I'll take that." over the idea that if Ronaldo had joined City last year, they would have breezed to the title, probably would have got to that Champions League final, they would have, they would have overcome Real Madrid, it would have been a final with City against Liverpool in the Champions League, and Ronaldo probably wins it before City. And that's what we would have had to watch. Mm-hmm. And that, that's effectively what United stopped. And now we're, we're, this is this is happening to us. And in terms of the the interview itself, I think the one thing that, really fucked me off was what he said about Rooney. And it's not because I've got... I mean, my, my relationship... I haven't got any relationship with Rooney. Mm. But I, like, I, I fell out with Rooney after the Rooney, the Fergie situation. The whole, whole contract situation. I backed Fergie so much that I just disliked and hated Rooney for a good few years. And it wasn't until after he retired, I was like, I was probably a bit too stubborn on that. Mm. I, I think I was a little bit harsh on Rooney. Um, and I, I've kind of softened my stance on it. And Rooney, Rooney gave an interview on Talksport. He was, just, he was asked about Ronaldo, and he's and it was the most fair and just. It was wasn't like an like an accu, accusational tone. It was completely level headed from him talking about mm. Ronaldo. I can understand why he's 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 he feels he's been disrespected, but this needs to happen. This is what he age catches up with everyone. I can understand that more than most. And then Ronaldo just comes out with the pettiest, most childish response of like oh, well, I'm better, we, I'm better looking we, at we, all, we, all we've really seen is the, the headline I mean obviously what Pierce Morgan true enough to do is true to enough. Sell, it, sell his interview so he's, he gets as, as many views as possible so I hope it's taken out of context because they've always seemed to have a really good relationship and he needs to fucking understand he probably wouldn't have had half the career early on if Rooney didn't make the sacrifices he did for his own career no, not at playing, all. Man. Playing, right, playing right wing back in Barcelona, so he could just goal hang up top. Yeah, it's a um, Rooney. Rooney sacrificed a couple of years of his prime to get the absolute mm. best out of Ronaldo, mm. uh, and that that team in 07-08 wouldn't have existed if Rooney didn't do that. Rooney and Tevez did all the legwork, and Ronaldo was there just there to go there to score goals, and he did it forty two. But it's um, it leaves the sourest of tastes in the mm. mouth, really, to see. I mean, Ronaldo is the best player. I'll ever be able to have the privilege of watching playing a United shirt. Uh, I'll be surprised if somebody else manages to break that and what I saw in that season in 2007-8. But it's... Um, it, Did you not see that lad yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he might, not, he might be. Mate. He might yeah. be. Um, I'm trying not to get overhyped. No, no, no. no, no. So, far, so far. He'll be fucking in Spain by then anyway. <laughs> uh, I laugh. I shouldn't laugh because it's completely. I'm a slave. I'm a slave. Uh, I'm other... sure you do that. We'll break your legs. <laughs> we won't break <laughs> your legs, I promise. Uh, but um, there's this. Sorry to ex- sort of take that Ronaldo story forward. Not like do not just focus on the interview itself. The story is now coming out. Uh, so Manchester United, as we spoke about earlier, Man United are um, 
currently seeking legal advice on on to how to respond to Ronaldo. Uh, they were caught by surprise. That that's basically what the statement shows is that Man United didn't know this was coming out. The Man United are dealing with this in real time in the same way we all are as fans. So they're taking legal advice as to what they can and can't say. And there's stories coming out from Jason Burt from The Telegraph. He's saying that Manchester United are trying to find out whether or not his contract can be terminated and ripped up. Uh, so guessing the legalities of it and whether or not that would then make Manchester United liable to pay off the rest of it, which I think is mm. like, what was it, 568000 a week until June. It's a lot of dough. That's what's that like? 12, 15, 15, 15 somewhere around 15 million mark. It's a lot of pro- protein pouches from Aldi, put it that it's, way. It's, <laughs> How many chocolate mousses can you get from Aldi for that, mate? Ooh. A lot. A lot. Anybody who hasn't who get, doesn't get that joke, well, you haven't listened to the earlier episodes. It's a bit weird otherwise. <laughs> but yeah. if Ronaldo, I suppose there's a question I want to ask you there, right? Ronaldo turned down, the only offer he had in the summer was Saudi, right? Could have gone Saudi and earned an absolute bucket load of money. Turned it down. So money's not important to him. So if it comes to this situation where United say to Ronaldo, say, cool, right? We're, we're going to tear your contract up. We're not going to pay you what the rest of it is. Is Ronaldo accepting that? Or is he saying, no, pay me what you owe me? Well, this I think where he's potentially going there's, to... There's going to be a move there, I think, somewhere for him. Be it someone like Lisbon. I mean, who's sporting Lisbon got in the Champions League? Uh, don't know. Let's have a look. Champions League ties... Because all I've seen, part of him will be, fuck, oh, he, he's getting close to my goal tally. He's just driven by silly things like that. Um, I mean, he had, like I said, he had the opportunity. He could have gone there in the summer. But they, they're they not going to certainly pay the wages United are paying him. And As he said, not in the Champions League, must have got knocked out. Oh, yeah, well, they, well, they were. So they, 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 they've got out. So I think they, they must be in the Europa League then. Yeah, it must be in the Europa League. He's not going to go to Europa. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's a wage thing, isn't it? It's, it's a massive wage yeah. thing. He's on, he's on like five, six, eight a week at United. No one's so, paying that. No one, not, even even paying half of that is going to so, make I mean, Ronaldo the biggest owner at most clubs. This is the thing that uh, amongst all this, all these stories, everything that's going on, everything, everything that's going to be said, do you for one second he's going to acknowledge the fact that he's physically demising himself. His, I'm really, his, game is, his game isn't what it once was. I'm really interested he, to see that in the full interview. I mean, because, I, I can pretty much tell you it's not because it's not his fault. He, that's, surely he can't. I know he's got, a, he's got a massive lack of self-awareness. He's got a massive mm-hmm. um, misjudgment of timing and, and sort of reading the room. And that's basically how he's dealt with all of this. Surely... He can't do a 90-minute interview with Piers Morgan and sit there with a straight face and say, yeah, I've been playing like I was playing last season, like I played my whole career. I'm physically in absolute perfect shape. I'm ready. It's everyone else's fault. Surely he can't do that in a 90-minute interview. He's got to realise, oh, fuck, I'm I'm getting a little bit older. Mm. I think so. I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised, given the fact that this interview's happened, I wouldn't be surprised if he sits there for 90 mm. minutes and doesn't, doesn't at any point go, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit slower than I was. I mean, we've also kind of got to be. I'm just a bit skeptical about even the stuff about the Glazers. You can't say, "Oh yeah, he's bang, he's bang, he's bang on the money about the Glazers." Blah blah blah. But yeah, but then everything else he's wrong on. There's certain things he's going to be right about. And for example, like the Ralph Rangnick appointment, I think was one of them. Nobody, it came out of the blue. But in hindsight, I think those six months. 
under Ranić, there's there's no question Oli needed to go. His time was done. The, yeah. the, play, the players are down to all. They, they weren't playing for him no more. So that needed to happen. So the the very fact that Ralph came in purely as an interim and it was said interim manager until the end of the season was was the right decision to make because I was talking today about a mate. I go look at the progress from it. He goes, How have you made any progress? Are you any are you any better off now than you were when you finished second with Ollie? I go, just oh. look at the just look at the, the core of the team and it'll go just even just take this season's results, and then I know we're going to come on to it in in a while about a, a bit of a review of where we are. We played fourteen games, of which we played twelve of the the top thirteen, or eleven of the top thirteen. Obviously, taking ourselves out the equation, yeah. we played all of them, and we beat in Arsenal, beat in Liverpool, beat in Tottenham, drew at Chelsea, a game we should have won. Yeah, we won at Leicester, we won at Everton, we won at Southampton. Yeah, we we had the the two bad results at the start, and then the City and the Villa games. But that's going to happen. Everyone's going to lose the odd game. So the progress is there to see. I mean, actually, I'm not interested in whether any ABUs out, outsiders see that progress. Or not we see it week to week, day to day. We we see the team how 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 it's progressing. Um, Mate, it's, 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 it's it's a similar concept as <laughs> trying to explain when um. When you're talking about Glazers out and fans of other clubs going, oh, here come the Norwich Scarves again. And you have to, mm-hmm. to try and fucking explain it again. Oh, look, you just spent 230. How, how have you got bad owners? It's just like, I'll, I'll piss off, mate. I cannot be asked to explain that. It's the same situation as, what do you mean there's progress mm-hmm. under Ten Hag? It's like, mm-hmm. just fuck off. I, I can't be asked mm-hmm. to explain it to you. You haven't watched it enough to understand. Maybe it's not as obvious, mm-hmm. but it really is for, for your fans who are watching game in, game out. The progress is, in my opinion, quite clear. I mean, yeah. there's still so much more needed, of course. Yeah, I mean, so, like, so the decision to wait until the summer was was the right one to make because there's not a single Manchester United fan who knows anything about football would say that we're we're a better, we're a worse team than we were under Raleigh. We're not. We're a better team. The quality is improving. The football is improving. We're a better team. Like we were in Ole. It was well the whole of Ole season. We were turning to Ronaldo and going, "What can he do?" Mm. And then he did it so often. He did like a hat trick against was it Norwich? Hat trick against Spurs. Uh, he was banging goals in left, right, and centre. And if Ronaldo was having an off game, oh, we weren't really scoring. We might get an odd goal here or there. Now, I mean, we also went that I think that whole period of bad results into where, where which ultimately led to Ole sacking. He didn't score at all. Yep. He didn't, didn't score, so he had his, his dry patches. And the fact of the matter is now, other than his goals, he offers very, very little to a team. Now, if you're going to play with two strikers, you can afford for one to do that and the other one works his balls off. But teams, are, teams don't play like that no more. Yeah. It's all, it's four three three four five one. be a call it whatever you want to call it. So where your wide players are going to do the, the the pressing and work from the wide when you've got that that one target man so to say so to say so like I said Ten Hag's repeatedly said it where all we kept doing was looking for Cristiano into the uh, aimless balls into the box if you look at every single cross that came in yesterday it was on someone's header it was a measured measured cross yeah it wasn't just oh yeah go on Cristiano get into that area please there was none of that other than that the football was short passing 
get it up to Martial. Martial, how, how, I think he had a really good hour, 65, however long he played, um, in terms of what he was offering the team. Now, if he can add goals to that, I think then then I, I've got no concerns about where we'll end up at the season. It's not going to take us to the next level. It's fitness for time, isn't it? Yeah, it's not going to take us to the next level in terms of where we need to get to. That's where you need a a guaranteed 20, 30 man a goal season. Look, season, season a goal man. Because because we're right now in the eye of the Ronaldo storm, it's, it's going to be a bit ugly. It's not going to be pretty. But if Manchester United, as a football club, use this situation, turn it into a positive, and I, I know this is fantasy and almost, almost fantasy thinking because Man United typically are not acted like this. But I always compare it because I think what Liverpool did with Luis Diaz that January was basically what we've got to kind of do now with Ronaldo. Luis Diaz, Spurs was sniffing around him, trying to sign him. And Luis Diaz was in the plans for Liverpool in the summer. But because of everything that was going on and the season they were having, they said, you know what, fuck it. Let's go six months, uh, six months early, take the money out of the summer budget. Let's get Diaz in now. And it helped. It massively helped. He was one of the, probably the best player in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. What United can do now is come the end of January, or however long you want to put on it, Ronaldo leaves, we find a solution. That there, there will be a compromise somewhere, whether it's United paying a little bit, Ronaldo letting go a little bit of his wages, so because the, the conclusion can't be that Ronaldo stays anymore. Mm, it's, no. it's untenable because he's completely undermined the manager. And him staying now will undermine everything that Ten Hag does between now and, the, and, now and, now and forever until he's not there. So he mm. has to go. Well, I think two, one, two things. Either he walks or the manager walks. Exactly, and that's. I, not think, that, I think he's he's that type of man who say, "Well, and you say to the club, if you're going to allow me to be undermined like this, I'm got a future here because if you allow him to do it, and I'm here for another three, four years, there's nothing stopping anybody else doing it again. This is where we have to lay, lay an example. Yeah, do exactly. whatever you want to do, and, and today. To date, he has been absolutely faultless in terms of how he's managed. Uh, he's he's managed Ronaldo situation, I think, so spot on from like from the preseason where every single question, like seven times, yeah, I know you've already answered a question on Ronaldo, but what about Ronaldo? And he's like, "What do you fucking mean? I've already answered that." Mm. And every and, and, and every every single spot, every every single step along the way, he protected him. He yeah. didn't didn't once kind of. Um, pretty much right. Even after the Spurs issues, like, yep, yeah, it's been dealt with internally. Those conversations remain private. Done. We move on. He's out of uh, When he said no, no one had permission to leave, but it wasn't just Ronaldo who left. I've spoken mm. to everyone. That can't happen again. Mm. Then it happened again, and then he had to deal with it. And even then, as you say, he didn't just come out and say. I mean, if it was Mourinho, he would have gone absolute full tilt. But he didn't. He said, "Look, I'm keeping those conversations to ourselves. He's been punished. Mm. He's back in the team. I'm looking forward to having him for the rest of the season." Um, but if United, as I said, go to go back to that point there, if United can be proactive, I know it, it seems like an unrealistic expectation because of how I've seen United operate. But if we've got plans, whoever it is, Ivan Tony, Gonzalo Ramos, Cody Gakpo, there will be someone that comes out of this World Cup who's a striker that maybe no one was really talking about who lights up the World Cup and goes, well, fuck, there's an opportunity. If United can accelerate the plans for the summer, take that budget for a striker, bring it into January, and we replace Ronaldo properly in January, mm. then we can really accelerate this progress that we're doing now. Yeah, I mean, and you, you kind of know the club's proactiveness because January is going to be a busy month. If you, you get through, and I expect us to get through a League Cup tie against Burnley, 
you get through that tie, you'll, I think, is it quarterfinals then? You've got yeah. quarterfinals and two potential semifinals in the month of January. I think the second semifinal legs, first week of Feb. You've got minimum one FA Cup game. Yeah. You've got league games against Bournemouth, Arsenal and City as a minimum. So mm. it's a very, very busy month. So if you're going to bring in those reinforcements, do them early. Like this, the Casemiro Anthony deals, they could have been done before we went on tour. Not the yeah. Casemiro was well, the, the day the Liverpool uh, game was, which is what a third game of the season, end of the window. Yeah, it was after we lost to Brighton and Brentford that we signed both of those. Mm. I mean, but like I said, I think it's not the ideal ending the way anybody would have wanted. The club wouldn't have wanted this being aired out in public. Ronaldo probably feels that this is his last resort. Fans don't certainly want this, um, but it's it's the if if the end solution he he we part ways. However, that may be. I think that's the best. There, I've, there, been, I've been saying it for weeks. He, there he needs. Is, there is no other reason why Ronaldo does this interview. He mm. wants to be sacked. Mm. I mean, the every- timing was cowardly as well, knowing that there's no. He hasn't got to go back and face the music with anybody at the club. He yeah. can go to the World Cup now. He's not there for the next month. Bit yeah. of a fucking pussy bitch about yeah. it. But that's him. I mean, it'd be, be interesting to see how um, the reaction of Delot and Bruno in the, the Portugal squad. What, what, what that, I mean, particularly Bruno, given that he's practically captain now. I mean, if I, if, if I was in that moment, I, I'd have words. Yeah, it's going to be awkward. You would do. You would it's going to be awkward. It has to be awkward. And I, I, I imagine Portuguese, like press now, if we were to go and read the papers out there, they're going to be doing Ronaldo question mark. Is this going to impact how he plays with us? And there's going to yeah, be I mean, shadow. They don't, they don't want them on, on, on the, eve of the, world, eve of the World Cup. He hasn't, again, he hasn't thought about that, the knock-on effect on his own team. Yeah, it will affect that Portugal team. Of course it will. He is that Portugal. I'll tell you what, that Portugal team is ridiculous without Ronaldo as well. And they've got uh, Gonzalo Ramos. They've got Rafael Leal, I think, from AC Milan too. I think he's Portuguese. They've got a cracking squad. So if he is playing shit, would the mm. manager have the cojones to put him on mm. a bench? I mean, I it's probably know. unlikely. Probably unlikely. But look, that's their fucking problem. We don't have to deal with the problem of whether Ronaldo's going to play again because I don't think he will play again. Um, mm. what, what's, your, what is your, what's your gut instinct about the resolution to this? A lot of the obviously thing depends on who currently at the club he throws under the bus. If he goes for the owners, the board, the manager, then I think it's goodbye. See you later, mate. Um, I think even the manager alone is sufficient, given the fact that he's saying he doesn't respect me, so I'm not going to respect him. It's the biggest load of bullshit. If you look at what this manager has done, he's shown that, okay, you apply yourself, you will get your chances. And he's been nothing but kind of respectful towards Ronaldo in any kind of public statement he's made. Um and like I said, he's handled it really well. But if you go for all your bosses, and he, he said like there's two or three people, one apparently he's going to li- say some stuff about the owners. So let's see. I mean, you could, in any walk of life, if you said that about your bosses and their bosses and their bosses, yeah. <laughs> you you wouldn't you wouldn't last long in that organization. I, I, I'd be interested to know whether, um, and I imagine this is probably part of the reason why they're going through uh, legal advice as to whether that counts as um, gross misconduct and whether mm. that's just an offence, which means that the contract is null and void. Because, mm. I mean, there must be something in that contract 
that protects the club against something like this happening. It's such mm. a big thing to happen. Huge mm. thing. Uh, I imagine that they were talking about like a million fine, which I think is two weeks wages for unauthorized media. And they'll have that mm. covered. But, mm. but as so, a, what you saying? again, th this has only been allowed to happen because the overall standards in the club over the last, I'm not saying, I think it's unfair to say over the last four or five months since Ten Hag's come because those standards are starting to come back and you're seeing them in terms of the punishment for being late. The, <clears throat> as, as ten, even, even with results and performances, the minimum level of performance required. Suddenly, as Luke Shaw was doing at Chelsea when he's doing kickups in the 90th minute, and he's like, no, get that ball up that fucking pitch. Let's try and get a winner here. That mentality shift is is different. Um, mate, I, but... I, 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 mate, I said this. I think this is one of the one of the real shames about that Ronaldo interview and the fact he done it with Piers Morgan. Because I think there's going to be a lot in that 90 minute interview, which United fans will be nodding along to and agreeing with. But it's just it's undermined by the incendiary nature of what's been released already. Mm. And now that if there's going to be any positives that are coming from that, it's coming from a negative angle. Now it's mm. it's kind of lost its its ability to have a positive, not lost it, but it's going to be less impactful mm. when it, if and when it does come out. And I'm sure there will be some, there, I imagine there'll be quite a lot in that 90 minute chat that we will find, you know, you know what, Ronaldo's right there. Because yeah, the standards mm. have fucking fallen through the floor. Mm. That's what Ten Hag is mean, talking about. Echo. We've got a worse training ground than Leicester City. That shouldn't in any, however, competitive Manchester United are, that should not be happening. Now, I argue a training the training facilities are arguably a lot more important than Way more the, important. The, the stadium or everything. Way more important. That's where but, the day-to-day -day work is put in. That's where all the recovery happens. Your The nutrition, everything's there. It's That has to be world, world class. That's what players who are going to sign for you are going to come look at. I mean, rumours are, that's why Jude Bellingham didn't sign. Yeah, whether it's true or not, um, they're going to be interested in the the conditions they're going to be working in on a day to day basis. Of course they are, and I, I, people yeah. keep talking. I, people keep talking about this. Oh, Old Trafford. Yeah, I know we need to redevelop Old Trafford. That's absolutely a necessity. But a footballer spends ninety to ninety five percent of his time in mm. the training ground, compared to five percent of the time in the stadium, and it does it does away games. Maybe it's five percent. Carrington is where the focus needs to be. And there's not really too much. I think they're having a conversation about redeveloping it. Same people who have been brought in for Old Trafford, I think, are talking about mm. um, uh, Carrington. But Carrington, for, from a project scale, much, much less. You're probably talking mm. somewhere in the region like 25 to 50 mil, I would presume. Num Put yeah. a numbers out my head here. 25 to 50 mil would probably be enough to get a world-class facility mm. built there. And I don't know whether they would just redevelop Carrington or move it. This is one of them. How much can you do on site without causing disruption to yeah. to the the team and, and what they're doing? That's going to be the the main thing. Um, because most often than not, it always kind of results in um a new location because you like it's just a seamless move. You go in and everything's ready day one. They're yeah. not having to be because the fucking um pampered prima donnas that they are now. They shouldn't have to be on 250 grand a week working on a building site. 
Well, imagine Carrington's big enough that you if you you could potentially build it at the back of Carrington and just build a road that then connects the two together, so you could like take. Uh, one I, the way. I don't. I don't know. I've got no one. idea. I'm not a fucking construction. I don't work in construction. Mm. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, like I think the idea of redeveloping Old Trafford has to be mm. parked until we've got a brand new Carrington. That's more important for mm. the players, uh, the mm. image of Manchester United, and attracting new players in. Mm. I but I think that's where. I think everybody needs to be slightly careful as well. You can't just, we can't just hammering for hammering for everything that he's got an opinion on regarding his matter. But when he speaks about the club and the directors and the board and the Glazers, oh yeah, that's brilliant. We love that bit because it's giving positive press. Well, that's, towards... what, that's what good PR does, man. That's what good PR does. No, I don't. I don't think any of this is the type of PR the club needs or wants. But they brought it on themselves by by making this signing. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't have sympathy uh, for on United for being called out for the bullshit mm. that we've mm. had to endure as fans. Mm. There's only like throughout this whole process, the only there's only one person who whose opinion I care about and who I think deserves a bit better luck in this is in the situation is Ten Hag because he's inherited this mess. He's managed it very well to a point where. He's saying, well, okay, well, this is now above my head. So somebody else now needs to look at this and manage the situation because the longer it allows to get carry on, it's going to start impacting me and my team and what where what our goals are. It, it really it really feels like you're right. It's um for once we um that we are at a crossroads here, that it's properly like Ten Hag, I feel he's built up enough credit to show that he's good at what he does. He's built up enough evidence to show that if you back me that this is where we can get towards and the Spurs game is the perfect example of that that's the thing that just gets whipped out and put on the table that's the blueprint right there we can get there if we if after like maybe one maybe two more windows we can transform to playing that week in week out if you follow me Ronaldo's not following me you have to make a decision do you want to keep your biggest brand asset at the club from a commercial perspective or do you want me to do my job properly? Because both of those can't exist at the same time. So Man United directors, the Glazers, you've got to decide at this point what bed you want. And we know what bed they probably do want is Ronaldo because he's Ronaldo. But the brand value of Manchester United, they can't they can't leech off the legacy anymore. The legacy is dead. We don't have any legacy value anymore. We have to start winning again as a football mm. club to Otherwise, the brand value is just going to bottom out. Mm. I mean, it kind of already has. So it's a, I've no idea how United will deal with this. My gut tells me that they're going to try and find a way to agree a termination. Um, and if I just don't know whether Ronaldo is going to dig his heels in over money. Mm. That, if, that, that, that's what it's purely going to come down to. I because it's very because... easy. Like United, United could get on the phone to Ronaldo now and say, "Look, man, all right, we're going to terminate your contract. Is that cool? Little gentleman's handshake. <laughs> call it quits." Ronaldo could say yes, and he'd be a free agent tomorrow. Mm. But he would have to accept the fact that he's not going to get paid out on that half a mm. contract because he's done this interview. Mm. But will he? That's that's the, that's now the question. I mean, the, the also the big thing is with the World Cup being when it is. It's at age thirty-seven. It's six months. These six months aren't going to define him. Whether he he can go to a Champions League team um, and um, increase on his goal tally, which I think is the only 
challenge really I think he'll be he'll want to do. Um or whether there's any any of those teams stupid enough to sign him. Um and I mean I think if you're any kind of top level team who's pretty much a finished article by all means add a Cristiano Ronaldo. It's not gonna massively negatively impact your team. If he accepts that he's not gonna play week in, week out. If he's just going to be rolled out for a game every other week, every 10 days, and you can accept that, that's different. Then you've got yourself a massive asset. I mean, even if you look at you know, a game like yesterday, you bring in Cristiano Ronaldo and with 20 minutes to go. Not many teams in the league would have a better sub than that. But no. he he can't accept that that would be his role now. No, he can't accept that at all. Uh, so, right. I'll tell you what I'm going to do now. We go to Instagram and see if there's any decent questions down there. I probably should read these questions before I start reading the questions, if you know mm. what I mean. <laughs> um, them. Also, we've got to have the review, haven't we? Oh, shit, the review. <laughs> right, give it a grade. Give give this, this give this first half of the season a grade, A to F. Where would you put uh, it? I would say purely because of the Europa League finishing second, a, a C. Um, middle of the road because... I said we played 11 of the top 13 teams with three points off fourth with a game in hand. So if you call that, if you say so you win that game in hand, you're, you're level on points for fourth place. <clears throat> Given the start that we had and the fixtures that we've had, to walk away with that return, it's, I think it's par for, it's, yeah, it's par for where we, where we need to be. But now this is where that level of consistency has to start coming in. Those three games post um, the World Cup, Forest, Bournemouth, Wolves, has to be nine points. We've got, um, the... got Burnley before it as well on the 21st. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the cup game, I was just referring to the league Yeah, games. yeah, yeah. Um, because you're going to come into a, a congestion fixture schedule again with the league and then if you get further in the domestic cups as well, and then you've got Barcelona twice. It, it, issue in... for United though, is that, that we've seen what United players do. Obviously mm. it was City and it was City away. And it was like, it was literally the hardest game to walk into when he haven't played for like the best part of a month. Mm. But I also think he picked the wrong team that day as well. I know he made some mistakes, uh, but you've seen what happens when the players step away from Ten Hag, that mm. they they kind of lose track of the system a little bit. So I'm a little mm. bit worried about how quickly... That's why the Burnley game's good. Maybe the Burnley game could come and it might be a banana skin for us, but we make those mistakes against Burnley, which means mm. we'll be sharper against Forest, which is more important mm. in the league. Yeah. So that, that might work out for us. I'm going to give it a C-plus so far, and I'm going for the plus. I'm going for the plus basically because of that Spurs game, because mm. it was such a dominant performance against an opposition which we were worried about it. We said the Spurs game was going to be harder than Chelsea. Mm. And to do it like that over 90 but- minutes... I would say it's just look, a blueprint. It's right there. Just in the Spurs game in context, I said the Spurs game in context, I would just say they've been lucky probably not to lose their last three league games in terms of the they've they've had to come back, come back against Bournemouth, come back against yeah. Leeds. And I think unless they seriously back him in January, I think that's going to be their season until the end of the season. But your luck will run out, especially if, depending on how deep England go in the World Cup, Harry Kane's going to be burnt out. He's going to be burnt out. So I'm not overly concerned about Spurs. I think Spurs will do Spurs. 
Um, I'm not, I'm not got, concerned about Spurs. It's just the fact that mm. I want to hold that result up and say, look, mm. this is this is this is the evidence of progress. This game mm. right here is the evidence of progress. Yeah, for me, I'd like to see that against. I think the Liverpool game was a always going to be a reaction on the back of the first two games. Plus, there's the protest that day, etc. Um, I wouldn't. The say real I... thing, the the real pro, I think, is going to be the Arsenal away in City at home in January, which is you're playing the top two. So effectively, if you think by the end of January, we'll have played the top two teams in the Premier League home and away. Yeah. It's um, early. That's really early. And I don't, I don't think we'll, we'll, we'll have even played Leeds once by then. And they've still got to play each other twice as well. Arsenal and Chelsea. Have Palace yet? That no, Le- Leeds and Palace, yeah. They're, they're the two games that got cancelled. Um, so it, it's it's a, it's a long, long season to go yet. We're not, we're not, we're not even halfway through. Um, but we have to start taking chances, uh, becoming more clinical. Um, I'm hoping now this next month, Martial gets a bit of sharpness. Whatever the fuck's wrong with Sancho, that gets sorted out because you can't afford to have another big, big money signing flop. Because it's like, I mean, I was seeing today, like United getting the blame. I was like, well, why is the club getting blamed again? At what point does the owner shift to the player? So let's see. Let's see. It's... um, Put that so it's not going to be a quiet month at Old Trafford this month, is it? <laughs> it's, it's definitely not. We've got some cracking questions coming in here. Uh, one from everyone's favorite Welshman, uh, a certain Alan Belmont. <laughs> 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 He's saying, Who's going to be next on Operation U Tree? Is it going to be Bolton, Yates, or Dennis? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an inside joke. Sorry, everyone. Shouldn't be doing inside jokes on here. I know it's bad. Um, Boris here is a question that I find really hard to answer, right? Not that Boris. Said, who do you think is the best striker available for us in this transfer window? And it's really hard to answer that question because you might jump and say, oh, it's Victor Osman from Napoli. We're not spending 100 mil on anyone in January. And is he available when Napoli no. are probably going to win their first Scudetto since and Maradona, was it? Yeah, exactly. Since 86, around about there. Nah, it's not going to be Osman. You could talk, oh, Vlahovic, he'll, again, 80 plus mil. So if United sign someone in Jan, it's going to be somewhere in the 40 to maximum 60. And the 60 is pushing it. And that's even, that's like a little bit fancy. So I don't actually have the answer mm-hmm. there. I'm going to do a video that goes out tomorrow, actually, taking a look at seven players. Well, it'll be today now. Seven like attackers that we should look at at the World Cup. Like, sort of keep your eyes on. Because it I mean, somebody will come from the World Cup, won't they? I mean, I was speaking to a, a Brentford fan about um, Ivan Tony. I was like, how much do you th- think it will take? For uh, Brentford to sell him, he goes. I think he thinks about forty to fifty, but he goes. He's not just what you think. He's, he goes. Is it Umbembo, the the other the other striker? I don't know. Umbembo. He goes. He he does all the work, but Ivan's Ivan's the finisher. So you, he's not going to give you in terms of the the pressing and the work rate that you you think you're probably going to get out of him. Have a, get. have a quick look at his stats. See what he does on the old pressing game. Um, in terms of where is it? I mean, in, in terms of like where he compares to other strikers, he's in top thirteen percent for interceptions, top fourteen, top twenty four percent for tackles. Um, wins a lot of duels. He's a little bit. Of a, 
I can understand kind of where he's coming from, but I've, I've, I don't see that. Maybe it's because I don't watch Brentford as, as, yeah, as a United yeah. fan. We don't see enough of it. But Ivan Tony, for me, the profile of him, it looks like he'd really suit the Ten Hag system. And I can go by what I've seen mm. Tony do against United, not only in the game early this season, but he was pretty good last season as well. So I think Ivan Tony is definitely a shout. And it's because he's not gone to the World Cup, kind of plays into United's hands that I think if he goes to the World Cup, you're adding 10, 20 mil on straight away as a default. Mm. Um, Sama, Samar with the same question you asked earlier. What will happen to Bruno and Delo in the World Cup? I, th- I, th- I think you're right in the idea it's going to, it will impact. It has to impact, right? Mm. Be surprised if it doesn't. There's one more question from uh, Twitter, and I'll read this one out. It's from Fitzpatrick. It said, Do you think Garnacho has cemented a starting spot after the World Cup? Mm. Well, like, again, it all depends on the, the, tr- the training and the progress because, but also, you've got to, from a management point of view, you have to manage those players coming back. The the Brentford getting into the Forest game is nine days after the World Cup final, so it's obviously again hypothetical. Um, I mean, the, like for example, this where um, yeah, I saw a Jurgen Klopp interview. Liverpool are training in Dubai. Soon as their players go out of the World Cup, they're flying from Qatar to Dubai. Oh. A thirty-minute flight, That's so they will then do their rest and recuperation with with the squad, and they will turn into like a, a mini mid-season camp or whatever they want to call it. But they can manage their their fatigue, their 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 fitness, their recovery, etc. There in getting them ready for 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 their Boxing Day twenty seventh game, whenever it is. Yeah. Um. Obviously, United are going to Spain, so you're going to have different players returning at different levels now. Argument say situation, you you get a, I don't know a Brazil England final for example. That's Casemiro, that's Fred, um, uh, Anthony, sure. Luke Maguire. Shaw, Harry Maguire, Marcus Rashford. You've got six seven players potentially there who aren't going to aren't going to come back until the two days before we play Burnley. So they're certainly not going to play against Burnley. Then yeah, it's a tough say, question to answer, isn't it? Yeah, because you, you don't know who, who's going to get where. Because you imagine from this World Cup, I mean, it's going to happen. There will be some big injuries. We don't know who it's going to be. Uh, there mm. will be some muscular. There will be some like semi injuries that come as well. Mm. Um, I mean, really, it would be a really, really big shame if Jordan Pickford did Virgil Van Dijk again. Like a really big shame. I mean, nobody, nobody would like to see that. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't love to. Hey, look. Let's see. Um, next week we'll do. Um, we'll probably have a little chat about the World Cup next week. We can uh, we can get our predictions in. We should we should do a fucking sweepstake or something. Like, a little bit last man standing. But look, mm. uh, it's, it's never really a dull moment being a United fan at the moment, is it? Um, even when he can't, <laughs> the football had it all this week. He had it, some chances created in the first half. Shit defending, but then a wonderful last minute winner. And you think, ah, oh, it's all done. Also, can't wait to see United after the World Cup. Now I'm buzzing. And then Ronaldo comes out with that Piers Morgan shit. We're going to see how that develops across the course of the week. United are exploring the legal options. And I think they're going to be very careful and calculated before they release anything mm. else. Um, let's find I think, out. I don't think nothing comes out until after the interview now because you've got to kind of see everything in its whole yeah, that's content. What they, said. they said we can't do anything until all the full facts are known. So they literally can't mm. do anything until he's given the full mm. interview on Wednesday and Thursday. I mean... Have they? They wouldn't have grounds to get permission to see that before it airs, would they? Oh, absolutely, they would have grounds. I mean, from a legal perspective, you, you would imagine they would be. I don't know, actually. 
I don't know. Mm. Uh, fuck it. I hate Piers Morgan. I hate. That's. I just hate him. Actually, Dirty. Actually, I, I blocked the cunt. Um, and then I had to unblock him yesterday just because I, I need to see what was going to come out at 10 o'clock. And then see what's all I need to see. Okay, you feel dirty hitting that unblock button. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I had to go for a shower after that, it felt filthy. Yeah. Miserable git, man, who lives it. He lives in a, in a currency where negativity and he thrives off it. And that's how he's made his living, that and hacking mm. phones. But look, thanks everyone for joining in. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. It was me and Bao this week. Make sure you drop a, a like on the podcast. And give it a five-star review wherever you're listening to it. And next week, we'll see if uh, Alex, Neil, or Matt decides to turn up. Part-timers. May as well start calling them Ronaldo now, really. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Briefing Room is for anyone who wants to understand the perspective of law enforcement. It's an opportunity for us to talk about what cops are doing out on the street from day to day, why cops do what they do, and also to discuss where cops go out of bounds. When we're out on patrol, when we go to a call, when we make a traffic stop, it's not always about enforcement. What we're doing with the briefing room is we're trying to educate the public. It's not about a lecture. It's, you probably didn't know this is why the police are doing this. And hopefully we can provide the answers to our listeners. The Briefing Room launches January 27th, wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.